0: Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au
1: if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our
2: nation, and our world.
1: Well, it's always uh, great to, uh, to be able to come together on this day and, and particularly special, I think, that we get to do this as a whole church. You know, all of our campuses together sharing in this moment. And so to uh, kind of assist with that, Jason is going to be sharing this morning on video. He's recorded this earlier in the week because he's uh, visiting uh, in Canberra uh, this week. So why don't we uh, cast our eyes to the screen and, uh, and get ready for what Jason is going to bring in his message this morning. Check it out.
3: G'day, Gateway. I hope you've really enjoyed worshipping God together in all of our campuses this morning. And I hope you've really enjoyed our Gateway Beyond series over the last... weeks. You know, today's a really exciting day. Today's a really exciting day every year as we give a generous gift on Commitment Sunday to see more people receive the good news of Jesus locally and globally. I'm blown away every year by your generosity. I'm blown away by your generosity to give, to see the good news go to the poor, to see the, the hungry fed, to see the sick healed, and to see people set free from sin. I uh, love your generosity. I just see the Spirit of God at work in our church. And I'm confident that once again, we're going to give a generous gift that will make an eternal difference in people's lives. I wonder today, what is the best gift you've ever received? Maybe a really good gift, really unexpected gift that you've received at some time in your past. You know, when I was 18, I received a really unexpected gift. My 18th birthday, my grandmother gave me a silver serving spoon. I had no idea what to do with a silver serving spoon at 18. And I have no idea whether she forgot that she gave it to me or she really believed that I needed more than one because for my 19th birthday, I got a matching silver serving spoon. The funny thing is, I've still got both of these spoons 30 years later, and I use them all the time. Unexpected gift. You know, there was an unexpected gift I received when I turned 20. Susan gave me this shirt as a gift for my 20th birthday. I mean, I'm colorblind, but even I can tell this is not blue. I must have loved her a lot. Because I wore this shirt a lot. You know, I turned 50 this year. Big birthday. I think a big birthday deserves a big gift. I know all my kids are listening somewhere in one of our campuses. Your dad has given you some really good gifts over the years, and you've all got good jobs now. It's time for poor old dad to get a good gift when he turns 50. You know, we've all received some good gifts, some unexpected gifts in the past. But I wonder if you've ever received a gift that you've never opened. You actually never opened it to discover if it was good or not. You wouldn't know if it was unexpected because you never opened it. That would be a waste. You know, if we look back through history, we look back in the history of Israel and God rescued His people from slavery in Egypt. He set them free, saved them, and he delivered them into the promised land. And he gave them some really good gifts. And one of these gifts they only got to open every 50 years. It was a once in a lifetime gift. Every 50 years they got to enjoy this incredible gift, and it was a good gift. It was an unexpected gift. Let's read it together in Leviticus chapter 25. If you've got a Bible, open it to Leviticus 25 or it will come up on the screen. It says this, count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the 7th month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee. Everyone in every campus say jubilee. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family, property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and it is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. What an incredible gift. A a once-in-a-lifetime gift. Every 50 years, The trumpet would sound, and the people were given an incredible gift to open and to enjoy. The year of Jubilee was a gift of rest. Everyone got to rest, got to enjoy time with family, enjoy worshiping God. It was an incredible rest. The year of Jubilee was a gift of forgiveness. All debts were cancelled. If you would got yourself into debt in the last 49 years, your debt was cancelled in the year of Jubilee on the 50th year. It was good news for the poor. It was a gift of forgiveness and it was a gift of freedom. If you'd gotten so poor that you had sold yourself to work as a slave on somebody else's farm, you were set free. You were set free from slavery You got to return to your own land. Your land was given back to you as a gift. The year of Jubilee was an incredible gift. Imagine the joy as that trumpet sounded. Imagine the joy in your heart as you're about to receive that gift, a gift of rest, a gift of freedom, a gift of forgiveness, a gift of new hope and new beginnings. But to see that year, to see that gift received, it required a couple of things. It required the people to trust God, to trust Him to provide for their needs when they did not sow or reap. And it required the people to be generous. It required all of those people who did have a roof over their head, people who did know freedom, people who did have a block of land to live on, It required them to be generous to those who did not. It required them to be generous to those that were in need. And the sad thing is, this was an incredible gift that God had given his people. But as far as historians and Bible scholars can determine, it was a gift that was never opened, it was a gift that they never enjoyed. It was a gift that was just left on the shelf because the people of Israel didn't trust God for a 50-year stretch. They kept losing faith in God's ability to provide. And the people weren't generous. They didn't want to be generous to those that were in need. And so this incredible gift that God had prepared for His people was never opened. But then hundreds of years later, Jesus turns up on the scene and in his hometown, he preaches his first sermon and he opens to Isaiah 61 and he says this. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That year of the Lord's favour is the year of jubilee. Jesus is saying, now is the time. What you've never fully received under the law, I'm freely going to give you under grace. And the good news is, you don't have to wait for 50 years to receive it. You can have it now. I've come to give good news to the poor now. I've come to cancel your debt of sin now. I've come to, to set you free from the slavery to sin Now, Jesus is opening the door to a new way of life. He's opening the door to a new way of walking in his love and grace through his death on the cross that canceled the debt of your sin and his resurrection from the dead that made a way for you to receive new life in him today and forevermore. It's a year of jubilee. I pray that you've opened that gift. I pray in all of our campuses today, you've received that gift of salvation, that gift of freedom, that gift of forgiveness from Jesus. And if you have, Jesus calls his followers to trust him to provide, to trust our Father in heaven to provide for our needs and to be generous with those in need, to be generous With those who found themselves poor, relationally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, now is the time for us to give generously, to open new doors for people to come in and receive the hope of a new beginning in Jesus, to find healing in Jesus. And one of the reasons I love being the pastor of Gateway Baptist Church, one of the reasons I love Gateway Beyond Month, one of the reasons I love Commitment Sunday is because every year we give a generous gift to those that are in need. We give a generous gift to open new doors locally and globally for people to find hope and healing in Jesus. Over the years... We've given a lot of generous gifts to open a lot of doors. Just over 10 years ago, We opened the doors on our first campus down at almost 38 people went down the highway and opened the doors on a worshiping community and is now a church of over 300 people, a thriving kids and youth ministry, people getting baptized and coming to know Jesus. A few years later, we opened the doors on a kids and youth building at Mackenzie for hundreds of kids and youth and young adults to come in every week and to hear the good news about Jesus. and have their lives transformed. In 2018, we opened the doors on an old basketball court. But it was an old basketball court down in the Redlands where people had prayed over that land for kids to come in and to hear the good news about Jesus. Decades later, God still heard that prayer and we opened the doors on a new campus down at Redlands. So exciting last November to baptise 16 young people on one Sunday. At the same time, God said to us, Gateway's going to have twins. You're going to open doors to the east and to the west. And so three months later, we opened the doors on a new campus down in Logan with a dream in our heart for it to be a multicultural, multi-generational church. So exciting to be down there and seeing people coming to know Jesus every week. In 2019, you know, God had given us a word from Jeremiah 29 to actually be a blessing to the city, to move into the city, to plant in the city, and to be a blessing to the city. And I'm standing here today, in our city campus that has been a blessing to the city, a blessing to those on the streets, a blessing to those who who are working in in office blocks and in government buildings throughout this city, even through COVID. This campus continued to be an incredible blessing to this city. And we had a dream in our heart to have care centres in every campus. And there's now care ministries opening the doors, you know, for those in need to come in and to receive hope and healing in Jesus in all. All of our campuses, but not just locally. We've opened doors for the Gospels all over the world. In South Asia, we've opened the doors on a training center in one of the poorest and spiritually oppressed nations in the world for people to come in and get trained with new skills, empowered out of poverty to actually uh, educate their kids and support their families and to hear the good news uh, about Jesus. In... Um, in uh, Africa, in Kitkam, uh, Uganda, we've opened the doors you know, on a, a health and maternity clinic and a great hospital of hope in a place where women were giving birth to their kids under the tree and many were losing their lives. They can now come into a safe place and families are flourishing. We've opened the doors on a medical training center in the Congo, one of the poorest, most war-torn countries. Countries of the world where there's nowhere near enough health professionals to care for all of the sick but now health professionals are being trained and the sick are being healed. We've opened the doors in a village called in Sharima for a, kid on a church and a school and a medical center for, for people to come in living in a rural place of poverty to actually receive good news and not end up on the streets. We've opened the doors in a, on an accommodation center at I. Africa, in Kenya, for kids that have ended up on the streets to come in, have a roof over their head, get educated, hear the good news of Jesus, and lives are being transformed. Over 10 years ago, we opened the doors on Bloom, training center for girls rescued from trafficking, come out of incredible darkness, and they're finding healing, they're finding hope, they're finding joy in Jesus one day at a time. And last Christmas, we gave a generous gift of $220,000 to open the doors on a community center in Myanmar, which has been closed to the gospel for decades, for people to come in and to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and have their lives transformed forever. Come on, people. That's a lot of doors in all of our campuses right now. Put your hands together and thank God for his provision and his generosity in his church. Come on, put your hands together. Say, thank you, Jesus. You know, our heart, our heart is to see more families redeemed, to see more communities restored, to see more nations transformed by the love and the truth of Jesus. And we've been praying for a long time for God to send out the next wave of mission workers. It's been so exciting in the last year to see Melody go to Western Europe, making disciples of all nations To see Bethany go to Kenya and actually giving hope to boys and girls coming off the street and hearing the good news of Jesus. To see Mike going to Asia, to a nation that's very close to the gospel. There's not many followers of Jesus there. Young people hearing the call of God, making a sacrifice to go and to share good news with people in great need. It's such a privilege to support them and to support all of our Gateway Beyond Workers all around the world, all around this nation that are sharing the good news of Jesus. Come on, let's put our hands together for all of our Gateway Beyond workers today. It's such a privilege to support them. And I want to encourage you to give generously again today. You know, a few years ago, we believed God was calling us to open some more doors for the gospel locally. And as COVID hit, we pressed pause on those plans. But we believe it's time to press on. Down in Ormo, we just know it's time to find a place that is a permanent presence, a family home for our church family down in Ormo, for people to come in and to hear the good news and to find a family that loves them. Down at Logan, the multi-generational, multicultural church has become a reality. And we believe it's time to actually build a kids and youth and a care building where people of all ages can come in and find hope and help in their time of need. At McKenzie. I believe it's time to bring together and seamlessly connect all of our care ministries, our counselling centre, our hospitality space and our worship space under one roof so people can come in during the week in their time of need and find help and find hope and actually find a a space where they feel at home and come back on the weekend and find a family that loves them and find their way into the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ. In our Redlands and City Camp, we're currently in rented premises and we believe God is calling us to put money aside into building funds so when the, day, the time comes, we're, we're ready to actually uh, create a permanent home for each of those campuses. All of that, supporting our care ministries, our Beyond Workers, and seeing all of our campuses open some new doors for people to come in and hear the good news, is going to take a really big gift. We're believing that together we can give a gift of $1.7 million over the next 12 months to see all of that that God has put in our heart become a reality. You know, when Susan and I first arrived at Gateway 18 years ago, we, um, we were blown away by the generosity of this church to give to the mission of God. We'd never seen it before. But we soon caught a heart, a hold of the heart of God. And we began to give generously to Gateway Beyond on top of the tithe that we were given to our church. And we've just loved over the years seeing lives transformed all over the globe. I've only missed two Commitment Sundays in 18 years. The first time I was preaching somewhere else. And while I wasn't there, Susan decided in the moment that God was convicting her to give double to Gateway Beyond in the next year. And so without consulting me, <laughs> she promised to give double. I wasn't happy when I got home. But we honoured that pledge. And do you know we never missed that money? And we just felt the joy of all that God was doing through Gateway Beyond. i do not sure what campus Susan is in this morning, but I'm away preaching in Canberra at a conference today, So can someone just keep an eye on her for me? Don't let her pick up a pen. Because we actually have already decided this year to give double what we've given in the past. That there's an amount that we're going to continue to give to support all of our care ministries and our Gateway Beyond workers. And we just feel convicted by God to give the same amount to actually Open the doors for more people to come in in our campuses. Now, I'm not saying this because we've doubled our giving every year for the last 18 years. That's not true. We haven't done that. And I'm not saying it because I think everybody should do what we're doing. What I am saying is give as God's calling you to give. Give generously to open more doors for the gospel locally and globally. I believe this is the time to so generously to open new doors because we're coming up to a very exciting window in time. You know, in twenty twenty five, we're going to host the Baptist World Congress here in Brisbane. Tens of thousands of Baptists from around the world are going to come together and so generously in prayer into this city. A few years after that, we're going to host the Rugby World Cup. People, this is a game they play in heaven. A little bit of heaven is going to come down to earth. In 2028, we are going to turn 100 as a church and we believe that God's calling us to plant some more campuses before that time. 2032, as the Olympics is coming to Greater Brisbane and every time the Olympics comes to a city, churches from all over the world come to share the gospel in that city and we get to be a part of that and to see the fruit of that. It's going to be an exciting time. And In 2033, It'll actually be 2,000 years since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe churches all over the world, including us, are going to celebrate all that God has done and shine a bright light on Jesus in that moment. This is a time to sow generously to open new doors because we're moving into an exciting window of time. This is a pivotal moment in church history. You know, we've just gone through a global pandemic together. In our nation, we've got a generation confused about their identity more than ever before. There's a growing antagonism towards the church and the exclusive message of the gospel being the only power for salvation, more than I've ever seen before. Yet there's also a growing awareness that science and money can't solve all our problems. There's a spiritual hunger out there. You know, people are seeking the the truth. And we can respond in a bunch of different ways. As a church, we could just stick our head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. We could shrink back and just survive, hope that Jesus comes again soon and we get to go to heaven. We could water down the gospel, make it more palatable to people. But I think the reason that, we're all in the room today is because we believe the right way to respond is to seize this opportunity, to seize this opportunity in time, to shine a bright light on the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen in all of our campuses today? This is a season. This is a season, church, to sow generously. It's a season to sow generously in prayer. I want to encourage you to pick up some of our Gateway Beyond prayer cards. Put them on your fridge. Pro- so generously in prayer throughout the year. so generously of the gospel. Share the gospel with those that you live, work, and laugh with. I'm praying that you'll have the joy of standing in the baptistry with someone that you've shared the gospel with. And it's a season to sow generously of our finances, to open more doors, Locally and globally for more people to hear the good news of Jesus. I want to encourage you to give generously to Gateway Beyond today. I'm looking forward to all that God is going to do as together we open new doors for the gospel locally and globally. I'm going to hand over to our campus pastors today. They're going to share a story of what God is doing in, uh, in your campus and they're going to pray for us together as we give generously to Gateway Beyond for another year. I love your church. I love your heart. I love your generosity. I look forward to seeing you again soon. God bless. See you soon.
1: Yeah, come on. Let's give that that a round of applause. Hey, I'd love to invite you to welcome as well. Uh, Joe and Ange as they come to share this morning too Let's give them a round of applause Great to have you here ladies Joe uh, as we saw before is one of our gateway beyond workers Just flew in like a couple of days ago Still feeling the jet lag Has been serving faithfully in the Middle East for 22 years Joe I remember you've uh, yeah that's awesome I remember seeing you on the stage many times, Joe, sharing stories of what God is doing. But why don't you just give us a little glimpse into what Jesus is doing in your world?
2: Oh, God's doing so much, really, in the Middle East, all over the world. But in the Middle East, uh, I'm going to tell you about this uh, lady, Yasmeen. Uh, she's jet black hair, beautiful olive skin, and big round glasses. And she's in her 40s, but very unusually for the Middle East, she's a single lady Uh, Also very uh, unusual for the Middle East, she's also an evangelical Christian. So when she came to join our work staff team, we were so excited. Joseph and I like, yes, finally, God's actually heard our prayers, our begging prayers for a bit of a capacity ad as we work and reach out to people and uh, try to care for people around us. And so, um, as time goes by, the next week, she's in in work with us, and I noticed she was a bit sort of reclusive, and I'm like, oh, she's just settling in, hey? She's just settling in. And so, then comes to Wednesday. Wednesday is in our workplace, we have have a little Bible study with people, whoever might want to come and join, and so I asked her, come and join us, you know, and I had to kind of I encourage her a few times to come along. So, and anyway, she eventually comes in where there we are and going along. And towards the end, um, I said, "Oh yes, me. Do you want to pray?" And uh, she says, "No." She spat out. She says, "No, I don't want to pray. I'm angry with God. I'm not going to pray, and I'm not talking to Him." Oh, I thought, okay, so this is not going to be a capacity ad, hey? And um, so the next few months, many, many months were lots of discussions and lots of little meetings together, lots of tears, uh, hers and mine. It was a pretty rough time. Um, but anyway, we God has his plans, doesn't he? And uh, Joseph and I were planning for a capacity ad, but God was planning to heal somebody's broken, uh, really damaged and hurt life. Um, Yasmin had, um, among many things, had had uh, enormous uh, abuse in previous workplaces and it, so the story evolves, lots of different things had happened. And, uh, but today then, moving along in time a bit, uh, we had a a work lunch time together, all of our team together, and Christians and Muslims, that's a great thing in the Middle East, is that everybody believes in God. (laughs) And um, so it was a good time. I said to everybody, come on, let's share with each other. What is God, what have we got to thank God for? Um, You know, in the last bit of time, have we got something we can thank God for? And... Yes, me jumps up to her feet and she says, Yes, I want to thank God. I want to thank God because He saved me. He saved me. He gave me this workplace. He gave me a workplace where I've got people who like me and where I'm learning new things each day. I'm not an idiot, I'm not stupid. And God loves me. And I've got friends here and I. I can talk and laugh with friends at work, and she was had, had tears in her eyes, and she's sharing this in wonderment of the things that God had done in her life, and it was just so exciting to hear the things that God does. His plans are different, but He's moving. He's doing so much, and He wants to heal and restore lives.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, Joe. So good.
2: I'd love to encourage
1: you, Joe and Joseph are here for a number of months, and they'd love to come and visit uh, your life group and catch up with you, share a few more stories of what Jesus is doing over there in the Middle East. And it's great to have you here today as well. You're not a Gateway Beyond worker, uh, because Jesus is changing lives globally, but also locally. Uh, And is a teacher has been part of our church family for a little while, I'm going to let you tell the story. Tell us, what has Jesus been up to in your life?
0: Good morning. Um, My story starts a couple of years ago when my husband and I experienced um, an unexpected curveball and it left us in a pretty challenging place. Uh, We were worried about our future and I was really consumed with fear. I wasn't a Christian at the time. Um, I believed that there was a God, but I felt like it was a distant God. There was heaven, he was up there and I was down here. So one New Year's Eve, I said to my husband, "Um, I'm going to make a resolution this year. And my resolution was, I'm going to live in faith, not fear. So it became my mantra, faith, not fear. I didn't actually mean it to be of a Christian faith. I I don't really know what I'd meant, but I just didn't want to live in fear anymore. So the big G was listening and he started putting people in my path so there's a couple of milestones in my journey and I was invited along to the alpha course that they have here for seven weeks and I just loved it I couldn't get enough I had so many questions to ask and I just that's where my hunger for God and his Word started and that's where I accepted Christ into my heart and into my life. And he's done some awesome things since. I've got so many God stories to tell you, but so little time today. So I'll be as quick as I can. Um, so from Alpha, I, um, did a, I was looking for more. And I did a, a Bible study course here for seven weeks. Bought my first Bible. Um I attended church here. I've been to a few different churches and I just didn't love church. Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, singing all of these songs that I had no idea of. They were high and I didn't like them. And um here was just fantastic. And the Easter service that I came to last Easter just melted my heart. Thank goodness we were wearing masks at the time because I just couldn't stop the tears from flowing. And that's really where I worked out what the cross was all about and what Jesus really had done for me. So God has, yes, totally changed my life and he's changed my ways, he's changed my heart and he has given me such inner peace. We still haven't um, resolved things that have happened um, from our curveball but um, I can live in in the joy of the waiting now and I know he's still fighting for us and he's still working behind the scenes. And I don't live in fear anymore. Mm. I, I do lie, getting up here I was a bit fearful. but <laughs> <laughs> So God is, he's constantly, he's working in me and he's working through me and he has been now leading me into other people's paths and I just want to share quickly um, about our 10am pew that we are filling up and a lot of them aren't here today because they're attending a a wedding which is fantastic. Um, So the gym I go to I invited my friend Kaz and she came along and brought her husband and then her two daughters and her two daughters they brought a friend and her eldest son Dylan and Carly I'm sure they're here today and she's brought her mum at times and also her sister and um, her niece and they actually live up in North Lakes and they come all the way down here they um, went to the Women's Thrive conference with us and her husband started noticing changes in her and went I want a bit of that so now he's coming down as well Kaz also invited the owner of the gym, Oscar, and his wife, Sarah, and they, they, getting married, they got married yesterday. And Oscar invited another um, gym member, and he actually used to come here 23 years ago as a kid. And last week, Oscar had his mum and dad here too. My mum and dad don't live in Brisbane, but when they're here, they uh, have started coming and they are just reviving their faith again. My husband, when um, he's back home again, he works away. And my two precious sons, which have come here today. Where are you, boys? (laughs) You better be here. Okay. Um, And Catherine as well. I I usually pick her up and she comes along and um, that has God's fingerprints all over it. But that's a bit of a long story, so I might tell you that another time. Um, But God has been good and he has just been so busy and it has been uh, a pretty exciting few months.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Hey, isn't God good? So good to hear what Jesus is doing globally and locally. Why don't we give Ange and Joe another round of applause. Thanks, ladies. God is so good. And it's true, every time I see Ange, there's more people gather around her on a Sunday morning as they come along. But I love this church. I love what Jesus is doing. As a 19-year-old boy, I walked through a new door. It was that door right up there, and I walked through that for the very first time, nervous, kind of maybe being dragged along, but there was someone on the welcome team that night who knew me from a few years ago, and he said, it's Tim, isn't it? And I said, Yeah. And he helped me get connected to a few other people. And I ended up on a young adult's camp uh, with, uh, with Gateway where I gave my life to Jesus. And then for a number of years, I sat right there, right where you are, Michael Peterson. And a very similar shirt sometimes as well. But I sat in that pew every Sunday night. I got baptized in that baptistry. And I, I appreciate, I got caught a heart of this church to reach people with the gospel, to shine a light brightly into our community. But what I probably didn't appreciate as a 19-year-old, I just didn't get it, I didn't appreciate the, the generosity and the sacrifice of all those who had gone before me. Those people who 30 years ago gave sacrificially in an uncertain economic time, in a, in a world of political instability. They gave so generously to purchase this Block of land to relocate this expo building on it. And these people faithfully gave, there's many in the room today, people faithfully gave to see the church be where it is today. Now, I probably didn't appreciate that as a 19 year old, but I did catch this picture, this vision, this heart of this church to be a light to the nations. Uh, we've had a word over us as a church that we would be a, a light like a city on a hill, a light. To the nations, And every year as I sat in that seat, I'd tune in to Gateway Beyond and I'd, I'd feel God challenging me. And I would respond, even as a poor uni student, I, I gave generously. I committed to give regularly to Gateway Beyond, to see lives change around our world. And every year I sat in the pew, I, I got challenged about, do I go and follow God? Do I take a step overseas and go and serve on the mission field? Eight years ago, Lauren and I were here and, uh, and just felt the call of God to go and step out and to serve Him beyond where we were currently serving. And so we actually went out as Gateway Beyond workers, not financially supported, but still supported in prayer and encouragement from this church to go and live as house parents in a, in a Christian uh, organization that provided residential services to at-risk kids. And we had young women come through our house who came from all sorts of difficult backgrounds. And our challenge was just to share the love and the light of Jesus in their world. It was an incredible ministry and an amazing opportunity just to practically love some people who haven't experienced much love in their life. Three years into that journey, I got a call from Jason, our senior pastor. He said, Tim, God is leading us to plant campuses, and as part of that growth, we really feel that we need to get a McKenzie campus pastor. And so we started thinking about that. And uh, as part of that journey, we spent some time in Europe, in, in Germany, for a Christmas holiday. My parents wanted to see a white Christmas, so we traveled with them over to Germany. And we were there for a couple of weeks, and my heart and my vision, my plan for that time was to seek God and to find out, what was he calling us to? Did I really want to leave the, the great ministry that we're in to go back and be a pastor? Was, was ministry in a church context really what God wanted me to do? And so for two weeks, God was silent. <laughs> but one day, we went to visit this medieval village, an old village that had been around for hundreds of years. And we opened a door into this church church a church that had been built three or 400 years previously, a church that had been around longer or had been around for longer than however, the, whenever the Europeans discovered Australia. And as I, as I opened that door and wandered into that church, it didn't look like much. Yes, it had been renovated multiple times in its hundreds of years history. But the thing that really struck me was in the, the back of their church was a display. It was Christmas time, and they were such evangelists. They had a heart to shine the light of Jesus in their community. You can see here, there's a picture, of little my daughter Zayli in the front, and uh, there was a display with all of these candles, and they'd lit these candles and prayed for each person that each candle represented, that they would see the light of Jesus. My German's not that great, but translated up above that sign says, those who live in darkness will see a bright light. This church for 400 odd years had been in existence, bringing the light of Christ to its community. And over those years, leaders of those ch- that church, pastors of that church, people volunteering in that church had passed the baton on from generation to generation continuing the legacy of that church, continuing to shine brightly in that community for the sake of the gospel. And as I wandered around that church, I felt God's quiet, soft, still voice say to me, Tim, I want you to be part of that chain of people who have led my church. I want you to pass that, I want you to take that baton and keep passing that baton on. Be another link in the chain. And so we came back from our holiday and had a somewhat difficult conversation with my boss at the time and got on the blower to Jason and said, where do I send my CV? And God in His grace brought us back here and today I have the absolute privilege, it's a huge blessing to lead this campus, to be part of the leadership of this church, continuing the legacy of this church to shine brightly the message, the hope, the love of Jesus. We have a legacy to be a light to the world, to bring a light to the nations of the world. And we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before. But we stand on the shoulders of people like Joe who've been serving faithfully in a dark place for 20 odd years. And we stand on the shoulders of people like Morris who we celebrated last week, 45 years on the mission field. We stand on the shoulders of legends like Glyn Bensley up the back there, faithfully been part of our church for 80-odd years, was heavily involved in getting this campus off the ground. We stand on the shoulders of many people in this auditorium and watching online who have sown generously into this campus, into this church, and to its ministry to the globe. Today, it's our time to take up the baton. It's our time to continue that legacy, to shine that light brightly, in our community and around our world. Today, we have an opportunity to commit to sending more Gateway Beyond workers to shine the light of Jesus around our globe. We have the opportunity to commit to to continue to bless our community with the growing needs that they face through our care centers, our counseling centers, our neighbors' ministry, and our op shops. We have the opportunity to commit today to, to see new doors open on this campus, so that people who come and have their needs met during the week can come back on a Sunday to that same place, walk through those same doors and be welcomed into a family of faith. We have the opportunity today to commit, to pray for revival to come in our lives and in our city, in our nation, in our time. I wanna ask you this morning, will you take up that baton? Will you continue to leave that legacy? here a Gateway and through Gateway Beyond. This morning as you came in, maybe you brought one from home, but as you came in, you would have received a commitment card. In a moment, we're gonna fill that out and we're gonna walk through some open doors. We've been talking all month about opening new doors. And this morning, we're gonna figuratively or literally walk through some doors to come and make our commitments and our gifts to Gateway Beyond for the next 12 months. You can fill this card out. And as Jason mentioned, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can just put your gift to Gateway Beyond up the top. If you want to commit to giving specifically to campus development, to see uh, new doors opened here on this campus, you can do that as well. You can do both or either. But this is just a way for us to make a commitment for the next 12 months. To give regularly, maybe as a one-off, or maybe to give regularly to the work and ministry of Gateway Beyond so that more doors would be opened, so that the light of Christ would shine brightly, and so that Jesus would change lives both locally and globally. In a moment, I'm gonna pray for us and then I'm gonna invite us to walk through these doors, to come down the front and to put our commitment cards in the buckets that you'll see on the stage and on the tables. But as you walk through those doors, this isn't just a, this isn't just a transaction. This is a spiritual moment. This is a significant moment. And I invite you as you walk through those doors to pray. As you walk through those doors, you keep walking. Just offer up a short prayer for that one. That one person in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood that you would desperately love to see to come to know Jesus. Pray for that one ministry, that one ministry that God has put on your heart, that that, that ministry that you have seen Jesus change lives in. Pray for the volunteers. Pray for the work of that ministry. Or or pray for that one nation or people group that God has rested on your heart. Pray for those who are in the dark, that they would see this light of Christ shining brightly before them. we're gonna have a moment together with a great joy to be able to do that together. And I'm going to invite you in a moment just to come forward, walk through those doors, and as you do, pray a prayer and then make your commitment to Gateway Beyond. I'd love to invite you too, if you would like more prayer, maybe God's put on your heart today or this month to actually go, to go and serve somewhere around the world, to go across the street. We'd love to pray for you this morning. So in a moment as we stand, I'm going to invite our prayer team down the front you can just uh, walk through those doors and make your commitment then come and stand here and pray the prayer team would love to bless you would love to stand with you this morning will you carry that baton, will you take that baton and pass it on, will you continue to live that legacy that we as a church have been given I'm going to pray for us in a moment then we're going to sing and then we're going to respond together, would you bow with me Father God, we thank you so much for your incredible faithfulness to us. Lord, we thank you for the 90 odd years that you have been so faithful and so generous to us as a church. We thank you for the way that you've called us to be a light to the nations. And we thank you that we have seen even today, heard stories of what you are doing. God, we thank you that we get to be a part of that. And Lord, today as we make our commitments, as we give our gifts, as we say, you can count on me, God, I pray that we would be sowing into a legacy that will have a ripple effect for generations to come. Lord, that we would hear more stories of people like Ange, people who have just encountered the the, the truth of Jesus and is shining a light brightly in their community. Lord, we hear more stories like Joe, of people who have just surrendered their life and given all to go and serve you in a distant land. Father, would you help us to shine brightly for you, Jesus, so that more lives would be changed in your powerful and mighty name. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite us to stand right now. The team are going to sing a song that, uh, that, that talks of, uh, of just a, a cry in our heart of, just send me, Jesus. Wherever you would go, whatever you would have me to do, send me, here I am. I want to show the world that I love you. I want my light, your light in my life to shine before all people. We're gonna sing this song. And as we do, I wanna invite you to come down the front, walk through those doors, pray that prayer for that one, that ministry, that nation. Our prayer team, our pastoral team, are gonna come down the front. They're gonna be here and they would love to pray for you as well. But let's do this together. Let's partake on that baton. And let's see this legacy continue to build as we commit to Gateway Beyond. Come on, let's do that together. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you.
2: Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.